What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. This is your first time. Like I say, please subscribe and do all that good jazz. Most importantly, tell somebody about the show that you love. If you saw someone on it that you enjoy, click to watch the other episodes. Check it all out. If you want to know what's going on, go to andrewsantino.com. That's where all the tour dates are. That's where our Patreon is. That's where our merch page is. We're getting new merch soon. Um, the Patreon is fun, by the way. I'm doing uh, like one-on-one -on -one Cheeto chats uh, every other week, sometimes more. Going to do live Q&As. We give out uh, all sorts of special stuff in there. So the Patreon is fun to stay connected. Helps us out in our artist community that make all the art for us for the show. Um, and also tour dates. Uh, look, for now, we're just, you know, going with what's the government is telling us. October... Uh, we're supposed to be in um, in Boston. I'm supposed to be in August. I'm supposed to be doing Phoenix, West Palm, and Miami. We're hoping that they keep these dates. We'll we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Check the website. Go to andrewsantino.com for tickets. You'll see all that stuff lined up there. My guest today is Donnell Rawlings. I love that dude. He is phenomenally funny. One of the most rhythmically funny on and off stage comics I've ever had the pleasure of calling a friend. Uh, you're gonna love it. Enough chatterbox and out of me. This episode of Whiskey Ginger is brought to you by Buffalo Trace. Buff Trace, the only bourbon with balls. I've talked about this sauce in the past, and I love it so very much. They have uh, a few levels of uh, some of their delicious juice. Of course, Buff Trace, Eagle Rare, Blanton's, and if you can get your fingers on some Pappy, call me, okay? I will come hang out just to chug a bottle of Pappy. Um, they are the best. Buffalo Trace, uh, they're, they're fiercely independent. They were named Distillery of the Year here in 2020. San Francisco World Spirits Competition named them the best whiskey tasters in America, judging hundreds of whiskeys. Buff Trace always comes out on top. Their master distiller, Harlan Wheatley, tries to change the conventional way of doing things. He's made some really good stuff. If you're ever to, down in Kentucky and you get a chance to go to the distillery, I highly, highly recommend it. It's beautiful grounds as well as uh, a very informative uh, wonderful tour. And go say hi to my boy, Freddie, if you happen to get over there. Um, this Buffalo stands strong and it'll, uh, give you a little strong kick when you're sipping the sauce. It is absolutely delicious. They're the oldest continually operating distillery in America. And it, you can tell, I mean, they went through prohibition. They got a special license to distribute for medical purposes. And I'm using it right now for medical purposes myself. Um, it is phenomenal. I can't speak highly enough about this whiskey, especially at the price level that it's at. It's distilled, aged, and bottled by Buffalo Trace Distillery. 90 proof, Franklin County, Kentucky. Buffalo Trace, American family-owned and independent. It's the only bourbon with balls. Drink responsibly, kids. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It is Donnell Rawlings. Donnell, thanks for coming. Air cheers in the time of COVID. Bop, we can't touch, you know? Thank you. Cheers, man. I've got a question. I definitely don't want to pull the race car right out the Yeah, bed, pull it. Right? But the speed of which you introduced me, yeah. is that the speed that you reserve for your African-American guests? Or is that the speed that is for everybody else? That's for all the guests. That's every that's every single intro is like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's with that speed. Yeah, I do it that fast every single so time. So it's not a situation where like some FBI agent here or something like that. He was like this. Okay, I'm going to get through it real quick, and then go check the car. It's not yeah. that situation. Come on in. Yeah, okay. bust them. Well, we can air cheers. To yeah, that. air cheers to that, Bob. Yeah. yeah, no, I uh, I talk. I, I traditionally have a fast speech anyway. People are always like, "What do you want? Fucking Adderall?" No, even when I'm high as fuck, I still talk fast. It's just my whole life. So when I do the intro for the show, it's always been like that. So it's never changed. But people aren't probably as critical uh, with you 
with talking fast is critical to me. Why? I don't know. For some reason, people, they just want me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> bro, I actually, I saw No, it. I'm just saying it's like, yo, man, I'm telling you, bro. When you, when, it, you did, when you did the Comedy Store Benefit, uh, and it was you, Bill, Dave, right, and, and Neil. And Neil. And Neil, every time, like you were having a great time, and Neil was trying to kill your buzz. Right, you felt that? Oh, he's trying to kill your buzz Hello? so fucking hard. Hello, all he was trying to do was like, okay, down now. Social distance, sir. <laughs> oh my it made me god! Laugh. I was like, why is he was trying? To, and then, and then Bill had your back though, because Bill goes, there was a text. Bill message. had my back, but then Bill let me down too. Yeah, but that's what Bill's gonna do. That I every know. Time. I yeah. was like, oh, this is a sneaky white motherfucker <laughs> right here, sir. That's just like us, Yo, man. You know what? That is like him. It's yeah. like, hey, Donnell, come on. Hey guys, get him now. Yeah, we because, set you up. We have to set you up to let yo, you. Yo, and I and. God damn, that's what makes Bill Burr a great actor. Yeah. Because he sucks me into that bullshit every fucking time. <laughs> it's like yeah. back to one every fucking time. I was like, yep, that's why I love you, Bill. Yeah, bro. Bill Bill has the ability to... That's what. That's why he's a great joke writer, too. Like, he he does that thing Yo, you where say it joke sets writer. you up so You often. say joke writer. Translation, that's what makes him a great asshole. Yeah, a great asshole. Okay, yeah. yeah. Joke writer, same shit. Yes, great comics are great Neil assholes. Brennan. Name name one great great comic that you know that it doesn't have asshole in them. Um, who can you name that's actually great in comedy that you go, yeah, they don't have a little bit of asshole inside of them. Dave Chappelle, no asshole at all. Yo, and I'm telling you, people like I know motherfuckers. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Fuck you in the comments. I know there's some motherfucking middle aged white dude right now yeah. with a hairline that looks like this, right? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, but he wants to do this all the time. You don't want the world to know. Right. I know he's saying, oh, yeah, don't tell me he's going to say Dave Chappelle. But um, I can honestly say that. No asshole. No. Like, not even. Sinister. A, a little asshole. Yeah. A look. A look. Wait a minute. He well, you, is, you said sinister. That's important. Like, he has he has moments of being sinister, but not being. Yeah. But there's no. But his whole. Like. His character is not asshole. Right. And then when he becomes that asshole, for the most part, it's with people that he loves and close to him. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's how you treat you know your real friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, like uh, certain asshole things he do to me, he probably wouldn't necessarily do it to um, anybody else. That's because of how close you are, how much he respects you. Yeah. You're only nice to the people, you're, you're only nice to the people uh, that you like, but you're mean to the people you ways. love. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, but but if I, if anybody answered your question, if I could say anybody just close to not having any, because his shit is almost, it's like new aids. Yeah, he's got new shit, new aids. No, not it's like having new aids. Yeah, where like you can boast the fact that you have such a small amount of aids that it's untraceable. <laughs> they can't even Yo, find son, it. Yo, son, that is yeah. the funniest. Dave Chappelle's mean as new aids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like you got some Corona motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? But he's like, his. It's like it's like like aids down. It's like where you can almost feel in a club be comfortable like this. Hey, how you doing? Um. I got AIDS, but <laughs> it's untraceable. <laughs> <laughs> they can't find it. Yeah, and it'll be a bitch like, oh shit, because mine is traceable. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> fuck. Would you be more scared to fuck someone with COVID right now or or, or AIDS? Um, yo, they've got AIDS on lock. I yo, feel like people don't die anymore no, from AIDS. No, it's funny they don't, bro. Yeah, and it's so funny you said that because like doing the COVID shit, like mm -hmm. I answer all phone calls. You know what you I mean? You do yeah. just in case. 
Because you don't know when you're going to get the Kobe call. Yeah, that's true. That you, is very you true. You don't know when you're going to get the Kobe call. You don't want to be like a motherfucker die on you. And then he was like, nigga, I was trying to call you. I hit you for three days. You didn't hit answer. Hit for three days. Yeah. So this, and I, and I made a joke about this. I said, man, I'm so nervous when I pick the phone up now, man. One of my buddies called. I said, yo, you all right? I said, oh, you don't got, oh, you don't got the COVID, do you? He said, no, motherfucker. I got AIDS. You're like, oh, and thank then, God. I was, I was like, thank, thank God. God. So I was like this. <laughs> Yo, I was like, boy, you had me worried like, for it, a ma- second. it makes me think like anybody I've ever hung out with in the past, you know, couple of months that I'm going to get a phone call from them. Right. It's the same feeling that, you know, that when you're dating girls and you're waiting for a phone call from a girl from way back that's like, hey, you probably need to get tested. That's like the same anxiety <laughs> when somebody's like, we hung out four months ago. What, what do you mean? Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen no, you in months. No, 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 bitch. If you ever say you probably need to get tested. <laughs> you do, yeah. You yeah. just don't want to commit to, you might have burnt me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Probably is do. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just leave a, out the word probably. You need to get yeah, tested. But smoker. that does, they do throw that in there. People, girls will go, you might, you probably, you might want to get tested. You, because just in, just in case, because I, it, it's always this weird shaky. Although I've had, I had a girl in college the first time I got, I got, I got burnt up. She, Smoke. she was real honest. Right. She was like, hey, I've got some shit. Go, go in. You're, right. You've got it for sure. I was and like, you don't God, argue that. Damn. No, I'm, no, like, I'm rushed right that. in. But I respected the fact that she just said, she told me right away. She's like, not going to lie. I found out you're, you're, you, I got it. When you. I was in the um, Air Force, it was motherfuckers getting toasted so much. <laughs> yeah. Yo. That's like a thing, by the way. Yeah. They say that everyone gets burnt in the, in the, in the armed forces. Yo, huh? they say in Korea. Yeah. This is like 20, a long time ago. Motherfuckers yeah. say, you can't, mother say you ain't can't say you've been to Korea unless you got some smoke. <laughs> you know the new phrase in there say I want all the smoke. They had all the smoke they over had there, all of it. And it was so funny because motherfuckers would be in there right, like Monday morning. Motherfuckers would be like motherfuckers would be over that joint like uh, um. They say, "What are you here for?" They be like, "Just uh, sore ankle." Because the sheet is right there with everybody's name. <laughs> Everyone like sees this. it, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. back pain and shit. Right. Mother- sore, a sore tooth. Yo. Yeah, I have a sore tooth. Yep, motherfucker go lipping in and shit. And then they like, yeah. doc, nigga, give me the shot. Let me get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but they had guys, when I was in um, when I was in the Air Force, when I was stationed in Korea, they had motherfuckers was right ride or die. I wasn't no ride or die motherfucker. They had motherfuckers that was getting smoked so much, they was getting charged. Did you, with oh, destruction really? of government property. Really? In the military. So what, what happens when you get- Your government you, property, first off, when you sure. sign a paper- They own your ass. You're going, the, the, the government owns you. But wait a minute, when something like that happens, what's the punishment? What, like, what do they put you through? You, um, If you get charged with uh, destruction of government property, you got different le- le- levels of disciplinary actions. Yeah. Like one being an LOR. What's, what is that? A LOR is a letter of, recommend, a letter of reprimand. Oh, just somebody writing a mean note about it's, you. It's a mean note, but the mean note equals the you get enough of those mean notes. Yeah. Then you get an article fifteen. What the fuck is that? An article fifteen is like five mean notes in one. So childish. No, it's so you're childish. gonna get five mean notes. Then but you're then, gonna get an article. But this, in the way that is, is because so once you get LORs, the mean notes, you still can make the same amount of money, get the same rank. Uh, then when you start getting Article 15s, they start. Oh, you get demoted because of it. You can t- you get damn. You lose rank over that shit. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the, the setup. That's one of the reasons why I got out because I was like, they're not gonna kick me out now. But I see where they're going. With How this. many mean notes did you get? 
I had probably uh, 10 mean notes. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I was like, I was from a all sorts of shit. I was an LOR motherfucker. You know, yeah. I was gay. That was like LOR is like guys who was a special ed. Right. You know what I'm saying? You weren't you weren't dumb. You just wanted to be around all the fun kids that yeah. happened to eat chalk. Right. You know? right. Right. I right. like hanging out guys. You're not with, dumb. It's fun. Yeah, it's that's fun. the difference. It's just having fun. I'm, I'm having fun. Uh, I want to hang out with the guy who's putting his finger in a pencil sharpener. You're right. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. That's what L and LOR was for the most part the cool motherfuckers. LOR motherfuckers usually guys they're not going to be in in a while. I'm just trying to get these four off and I'm out of here. How long were you there? I was in I was stationed in Korea for a year and I was in the Air Force for four years. So, but I knew like they was gunning for me. Not intentionally, be like, oh, he got about five me notes. Let's give him some more. Like in fact, almost uh, every Monday. Or every other Monday. I know I used to hear this from my uh, guys who in charge. I don't know what rank they was, first shirt or whatever. This was the phrase they used with me all the time. Look me right in my face. And I had to listen to this at the position of attention. Hmm. You know, you can't, you got, when motherfucker curse you out of the military, you gotta just be like mm -hmm. this and standing stiff. You like can't a dick. be like, this nigga here, you know? <laughs> you Although you're thinking it. You can't think it, but you can't, you gotta look, it gotta be in your pupils. Right. Right. And um, every Monday it was uh, Airman Rawlings, your blatant disregard for establishing, your blatant, like we got disregard, but you just don't give a fuck. Right. You did it on purpose. You did it on purpose. You don't give <laughs> yeah, a fuck. Yeah. If they say your blatant disregard for established, Military, military policy shows a lack of military bearing and integrity. Damn. Did that hurt? That, um, like genuinely, did it ever, did it ever bother no, you? I heard it all the time. Yeah, it didn't mean shit, huh? The only time it meant something to me, I was supposed to leave Korea. Right. Right. What year was this? This was, uh, I don't give up. I'll just say it was this year. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, it was it a was, while ago. It was back then. <laughs> Right, but I do know. So you're ready to go. You're ready I'm to no, get the I'm not out. ready to go. I'm out. You're gone. I'm processed off this base. When you're in the military, like if you're doing a remote assignment, assignment, like you got, you know, you're doing a year. When you get to like a month, you start getting cocky. It's like senioritis. Yeah, you're gone. You're gone. You check you the fuck we out. We did. We call you have. We have. We call a short time calendar. Short time calendar could be any image, and you had numbers a hundred uh -huh. until zero. Right. So every day. You color it in. Yeah, doing the color it in. Yeah, oh, yeah. was all good. They was artistic as shit. They was like... <laughs> Shading and shit. Look, yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> you know, blow that shit yeah, off, yeah, son. Yeah. they like this. <laughs> Waiting right. to go home. Wait, and you get... Then you get down. Then you got other motherfuckers got a short-time calendar, but they might be there still a little longer than you. So you, talk, you start talking shit to other short motherfuckers. Uh, you like, nigga, I'm so short, motherfucker. Um, yo, you were just how short you were. You know, right. I'm so short, motherfucker. I could dunk on a four foot basket. <laughs> That's how short I am. Then my, another motherfucker like, nigga, I'm so short. And, and then they start saying like this. I remember one time, motherfucker said, "How many days you got left?" Motherfucker said, "I got ten days left." And then one nigga there, uh, God damn, I forget his name, but he had a country motherfucker. He said, "He say, I said, how much time you got left?" He said. Uh, 10 days, then the motherfucker said, man, if I had 10 days, I'd kill myself. 
Because he had three days. Three days. <laughs> yeah, he talking shit. Like yeah. 10 and three day niggas supposed to be the same <laughs> right. motherfucker. No, not to that. Nah, not like, today. Oh, nah, motherfucker. Seven days is forever. That's a whole nother week. Bruh, I went all the way down to one day to out-processed to last night, Kunsan Air Base, A-Town, downtown. I had to go see my Korean bitches for the long, last time. You gotta say bye. Yeah, it's disrespectful Ruby. to leave without saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah. And those were some cool ass bitches. Ruby, yeah. Ruby, Luby. She was beautiful. And then did, was you, a, did they have nicknames for you when you came? Yeah. What was it? Eggy Eye. Eggy Eye? Uh-huh. Eggy Eye mean baby. Eggy Eye. Eggy. Eggy. Eggy is baby. Why baby? Because like baby love, like that kind of bullshit? No, they called me baby because I looked so young. I was 17. I was just turning yeah. 18. And like, um, so I don't, Eggy, Eggy. Eggy Eye. Eggy Eye. And you talk to, <laughs> hey, Eggy. I grew Eggy. You know, that's how I would talk to motherfucking Bobby right there. Bobby right. know. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, when me and, when Bobby know, I don't have to speak Korean to him. I could just look at Bobby a certain way and it'll he'll think he's talking to his father. <laughs> yo, he's yo, back. yo, if I looked at Bobby like, I, I, I know he'd be like, he'll be like, Dad? Papa. No, he'll Papa. He, he would he would just because of the tone of my voice, yeah, the fact that I'm older than him. And how I use it, he would have flashbacks of his father. I guarantee you 100%. How, well, could you speak Korean still or no? Do you yeah, know but anything? not like, um, um, I know more than Bobby. Well, Bobby doesn't, Bob, Bobby's a, that's not a good He's comparison. a white Korean. Yeah, he's a white kid. Yeah, a yeah. white Korean. Yeah. He's a white Korean. Yeah. So you, you're you on your way out. You're on your last day. I'm on my last day. You. Yo, I went downtown. I had a good time. Sage uh, Soju. We getting, Haigu Helele. Helele is for fucked up. Haigu Helele. I'm saying Happy New Year. Say, hey, Pumani. Pacha say, oh. I'm out. I don't know what the I fuck you just said. I'm, I'm out, right? I go to the bulgogi tent. Bulgogi tent is like the after-hour spot for food. Yeah, bulgogi. I know what that is. In yeah, the bowl, right? Yeah, bulgogi. Yeah, yeah, but they call it bulgogi tent. Oh, okay. You know, bulgogi is a traditional uh, marinated it's, beef dish. It's a beef. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's beef. Fun. It's really good. Everybody knows that. It's, it, yeah. It made its way in American, into American culture. But we went to the authentic place where there's an ajima there. This is how she was paying her family. You know what I'm What's saying? What's Ajima mean? Ajima's an older woman. So like the mama, the mama, mama bear. Yeah, yeah mama yeah. bear. Mama bear, hard work, Ajima. Ajima is a very respected person in the Korean culture because she's an older woman. And she runs shit. She runs shit, Ajima. Like Ajima, Ajima. Like you don't disrespect the Ajima. Right. Like them little bitches that worked in the clubs that were selling pussy and shit, mm. they be cool as shit. It, it, Ajima. All right. You got to like, they. that's one thing about... Uh, Korean culture I respect it is the way they respect elders yeah and it didn't really matter what your position was in life if you, you were older s- still gave respect you gave respect you yeah. bow down and all that type of shit but let me ask you this yeah. was the Ajimas in charge of the, of the girls selling selling ass Did they oh yeah Ajimas hold down everything oh yeah they do. they're I, pimping them Ajimas used to sell pussy probably too <laughs> right it's right. part of the economy I know it sounds fucked up it's just queen pussy once you get over it you, you graduate to being an Ajima and you like watch over the other you little ones you graduate you get burnt too much you know right. what I'm saying it's like right. you get to, you get gets old pussy right, right you know what I'm saying like you ain't gonna buy you it's buy like, a pussy it's like Vegas working the pool when they're 24 they're like you gotta go man yeah get the fuck out of here man old ass bitch R. Kelly would never you know Ajimas grow into Sometimes they, some of them sold the pussy, some of them didn't. Right. But they was respecting. They ran everything. They ran like the brothels. They ran part of clubs. They ran the bagogi tents at night. And one night, so the last night I'm there, we always ended our night by going to get some food and shit. So we just drinking. And then I don't, I don't even know the origin of it. I don't know how it started, but I got into a fight with the staff sergeant. I only have shit two stripes. I got in a fight with the staff sergeant. Me and my buddy. Staff sergeant is high, high up. 
not really E5. No. For me, it was. I only had two stripes. Right. I was doing that was my first duty station. And I get in a fight with this motherfucker. And like when we get to fighting and shit, like kicking the motherfucker. And then I was drunk, and my man started kicking him. We oh, you were whooping his ass. Oh, we fucked him up, sad. <laughs> we fucked him up, but we didn't know, like, the, mm, mm, we didn't know what all that meant. Right. Right. <clears throat> but I knew it wasn't going to be sweet. So I had a little chick that I used to fuck with downtown, and I went to her house. I was like, I can't go to the base right now. I'm hot as a motherfucker. And I'm a police. Right. I'm like, I'm hot. Like, like they're not going to know. And I said, I'm going to go in the morning. She, she was like, Iggy, I, I thought you stateside go. Because I had said goodbye to her the day before. Right. She's like, I thought you stay side go. What happened, Eggy? I'm like, man, I got in fan shit. Got in a fight. So I go back the next day on base in the morning. And I worked the front gate because I was a cop. And one of my buddies, he was, he was like, man, I don't know what story you made up about tonight. But you better have your shit together. I'm like, what's that he said? Because they're looking for you. How, how can they not find me, nigga? Yeah. I'm a black dude in Korea. It's not, it's not, it's You're so the easy. One. Yeah. It's so easy to profile me, yeah. right? Every Korean is like, right there, right there. He's right there. Right there. Yeah. But they like me. The funny thing about it, the Koreans like me. Yeah. They call me bullshit man. Bullshit man. They, because I always crack Joe, they say, why are you right. all the time bullshit? You, they used to be like this, you every day. And then like they get they like why your time my time night time daytime everybody time too much bullshit man why that's what they like why are you all the time but they loved it though they loved it we yeah was they cool. relish I was, it I was yeah. really connected with them yeah. like I I used to fuck with them I used to work the front gate and like in Korean culture if you say a person's full name like the big first name middle and last name it's kind of condescending to talking to a kid. It's if talking I, down to, to him. To say that to a grown man is like saying you're like a talking bitch? Talking down to him. Wow. Yeah, it's like I'm superior, I'm older. Like, What are you supposed to say? It's a different tone. Ah, uh, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Like if my, the guy I used to work with, I remember his name, Kim Chae-sung. Kim Chae-sung. Kim Chae-sung. Yeah. That's a very Korean name. Yeah. That's, that's Korean. That's his, Bobby Lee name. is Bobby Lee is a fucking white name. Yeah, Bobby Lee is it's it's like yeah, a, it's a white star, guy I know. Yeah. A country dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bobby Lee. Yeah, Bobby Lee. Got I'm here from from uh fact, from, from Kentucky. Gonna play some songs. Yeah. So this dude, this dude that you knew, what was his name? Kim. Uh, say it again. Kim Chae Sung. Kim Chae Sung. And he was my dude. We always cracked jokes at each other. And then when the bus, we had to come. When every bus that came onto the base, we had to check it because you had motherfuckers trying to sneak on the base, right? Illegally working, all kind of shit. Right. We just, but this was a base with nuclear weapons, so we can't just have anybody on here doing yeah. whatever. So when the bus would come, um, the way you say. Bus is coming. Bus and da. Bus and da. Check haja. Bus and da. Check haja. Bus and da. Check haja. What is That's that? That's like bus coming. Let's go check it. Let's. We have to go check it out. Yeah. So like, if I'm respecting you, I wouldn't say your whole name. I'd be like, bus and da. Check haja. Right. That's like go do it, bitch. Oh, let's go do it together. What's yeah. a man shit? Okay. But if I say, Kim Chase Hong, Kim Chase Hong. Basanda, check haja. <laughs> I used to say that, and that motherfucker used to get furious because the older Korean people knew how fucked up it was to do it. It's like talk call. It's like when your parents says your like somebody says your middle name. It's like yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. used to laugh like, oh. And then we used to get up. He say, Lollies, why, why, why too much gameplay? Why, why, what is it? Why are you? Kim Jae Sung! Kim Jae Sung! Kim Jae Sung! It's a great name to say. Yo, too. Kim Jae Sung! Kim Jae Sung! He's like, why are you? Kim Jae Sung! Kim Jae Sung! He's like, Kim Jae Sung! 
<laughs> like you talk to me tough. Did they ever laugh about it or no? That they was like, laughed all the time. Like yeah. we, the thing that they respected about me was that I took the time to try to learn their language. Right. Did not mo, did most soldiers just not fucking give a fuck? Fuck yeah, you, chicken ass motherfucker. Right, right, right. Nobody gives a fuck. That shit, right. right. Your people. Yeah. Yeah, your people. My people, my people. Yeah, my yeah people. your people. Yeah, my people. Fuck, fuck that Chinese motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I got an M16 over here. <clears throat> but I really was fascinated with their culture. Yeah. And I was fascinated with learning language because I wanted to be able to communicate. Because I knew to get bitches down, man. Yeah, yeah, if you had to speak. What? If I could freak some Korean? Right. They'd be like, oh. This is what you say. How you go, Dr. K? What's that? Dr. K is I'm smart. He's always smart. Oh, this nigga's smart. Right. I get he, a couple. Because he knew. You figured, out that, you figured it out. Yeah, I get a couple Dr. Ks. That's like $10 off the price. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you got like you, they really you, you the, got local prices. Man, the hoes, this is so funny. The hoes love for me to make them laugh. Really? Yo, they used to just crowd around me. It's funny. I, I'm seeing it now. It'd be one bitch at the bar, an IG Ma, and then the two bad bitches, the bad bitches. And they always used to love to fucking hover around me and just pop. Cause like all the dudes I hung with, nobody smoked spoke as much as me. You knew, and what was it what, like? What was the, what's the reasoning for that? Like, did you just figure you were like, I'm gonna figure this out because it's gonna be easier for me if I know their language, or was it? It was. Just- it was. I understood the attempt to try to speak their language just separates you. Right. You all. You get. You, you get care, respect. You care. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like that. And then I just knew, like, you know, I I wanted to be able to make them laugh, and like I would learn. A, couple of sentences whatever and they was really like punchlines and shit you know yeah and i could and, and, and was that the and, first and, was that joke was that the first like impetus of you becoming a comedian Nah, um no it wasn't until i got out of the military but i'm saying this must have been some of the structural work mentally for you to understand how valuable making people laugh is and that had to have some kind of subconscious back effect at it, right of being yeah like, but look yeah. back at it i was like that's what it was but back right. then it was just Back then, it was just that you being I, you. Oh yeah, I love to have fun. Right. It was you. I mean, being I love to have fun. Like we would like um, when we had like days off. A lot of the, all almost all the Americans they would just go downtown or they just hang around on the base. But I met these friends at the front gates because it was always like two Americans and, and two Korean um, yeah uh, rock guys, Republic of Korea um, police or just Republic of Korea Air Force and um. You working with these guys for like eight day, eight hours, twelve hours, and it's like they're on one side, and we're on the other side. Two over there, and two over here, and all day you just letting people come in the gate. So you go inside the gate check, and you just start talking to them, motherfucker. Right. And then if you really care, like some of them didn't want to learn no, and you just like fuck that. But then there was some that was like they just wanted we just trading words. Oh, that's wild. You know, what you I'm saying? learn you learn the cuss words first, right? Isn't that the yeah. whole rule? You learn. That's, well, that's not the rule, but that's just. For the most part, it's the easiest. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's like you work in a restaurant, you're gonna know cuss words in Spanish. Yeah, and you get and then you get the reaction of it. Right. But then after a while, it's just like I really like I was really into it. I used to know how to write my name in Korean, and then the Korean guys, whenever our days with some of my friends, when our days would match up, I would travel to their hometown. Oh, really? Yeah. It's would like, you stay in their hometown? With yeah, them? it's so funny. It was go like, have dinner with them and shit. Yeah, it yeah. was like it was like saying. A motherfucker from um, San Francisco or New York going to, and no disrespect to Yellow Springs for the weekend. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something just to, Con- to the, the country. And that, when we're talking country, like we, it was 
it was so like had, like had sometimes you ever gone there and they they've never seen a black guy before one hundred thousand every almost every time everywhere I went you were this the one black guy they, the first then the last they've ever seen yep right um I think like I don't even know where I went I know I trusted those guys because we worked together but I know we caught like trains trains buses to get to a place and then it's like motherfuckers are like like. Just stare you Everywhere down. Everywhere I went. And, yeah. But it was almost like I was Muhammad Ali or something over there. It's like <laughs> I was like instantly American or African. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they didn't think of no Africans on this. So it was American. Right. They probably, attacked, I know they looked at me and said, where did this nigga come from? <laughs> where did they grow these motherfuckers? <laughs> the base. You know what I'm saying? None yeah. of them are close to the base. And everywhere, every time I would do something with my friends, it was like a competition. It was like the Olympics. Uh, what do you mean? Like when you uh, and like they had this little like um like amusement park area or like a little place. You know how all these places like boardwalk area, and everybody has that um the fist game. Oh, the punch machine thing yeah, or whatever. That punch yeah, yeah, machine. yeah, yeah. I went up to that. A crowd gathered around. They was bet money on the side. Because it was, it was a black dude doing a punching machine. And from America, it was like <laughs> yeah. USA. I'm like USA on everything, right? Right, right. I even learned how to play some of the, the Korean board games. You know, like I learned like shit with Korean letters and I was- Like their running. version of Monopoly and shit? Yeah. Yeah. They had different games like dominoes and stuff like that. I learned that shit. And then um, everywhere I went, it was a competition. Everywhere yeah. I went, it was like, oh. Bet, betting money on you. And I was hustling too. Not hustling, but I would come with like, a case of a beer, mm-hmm. like American beer, and I don't. My preference, I like Korean beer, but I would go with a case of beer, and then I start trade motherfuckers. Did they like American beer? They liked anything American, right? So like Budweiser and Budweiser. Shit like that. I was getting six. I feel like I'm in jail right now. Budweiser. I was getting six <laughs> motherfucking uh, Korean beers off of one Budweiser. Really? Yo, I was. They was like, thank you. Like me, motherfuckers like. Never tried American beer. They want to do everything American. They they don't understand the value, the values that we put on it so much different than theirs because they've just never had it. So to them, it's like the greatest shit on earth. Back then, they hadn't really seen that. But it's an experience, right? Because it's an American thing. It's an experience. It was an experience outside the culture, and then it was just damn. Now look at it. Like I wonder if I've made it in this world enough where Kim Chae Sung like saw me or something. Yeah. And like was like, oh, yo! I always think about this, Drew. If he was like, you think oh. he's alive? Is Kim J Sung alive? You hope he might not. I'm alive. We the same age, you know. What okay. I'm saying? And I yeah, but you I never know. You yeah, never know what happened to Kim J. Kim J Sung. He could be gone. He's seen you. He's had to see you in something. Yo, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Kim J Sung. And shout out to Kim Kim J Sung. <laughs> Kim Chae Song. Speak to him. Kim Chae Song. Salong Hamnida. Kim Chae Song. Posanda. Chek Haja. Somewhere around the world, he's like, no. If, if, no. No, Donnell, no. No, if, if he's seeing that, he said, I'll check the bus with you, Donnell. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I told that motherfucker, Posanda. Check I'll check the bus with you. Yeah. When you, when you. When you got out, when you got out, did you go back to? You're from DC. Did you go I right got back to, to let DC? Let me go back because I usually forget what I'm saying. I want to. Oh, okay, go go go. We was talking about your blatant disregard. Oh yeah, the blatant so disregard for me. I go to the but a go geek tent. I get in a fight. Sneak back on base. They know it. 
I'm supposed to fucking leave. I'm supposed to be on a freedom bird the next fucking morning. Damn. I'm gone. Cut to, I had to stay another fucking 30 days. And it was so funny because the first time I've been around for my family in Alexandria, Virginia, and like all my friends, they planned this big Donnell coming home party. Like the whole, it was a block party. Damn. It was a block party. They had, they, it was a block party. And I never came home. Oh shit. Yo. And they was like, what happened? And nobody, I couldn't, I couldn't communicate. Could you not, you couldn't call them? This is no cell phone days, I, no email Oh, I finally, days. I think my mother finally called because she was like, this don't seem right. My mother called the military. <laughs> the mother, I don't She's know like, hello, she, government. I don't know Where's what my son? she said, but they said, Donnell, your mother on the phone. Mother on the phone? This is a top secret base. How the fuck y'all let my mother through? Your mom got through. Your mom's my mom got through. through. And I yeah. said, Ma, I almost got there. I said, Ma, um, I'm not coming home. I don't know when I'm coming home. I got into a fight. Um, me and my friend, we fucked this dude up. Um, it was I got in a fight with this dude. And I explained to her, she was like, okay. And she had to go back and tell a block of people he's not coming home. Right? So now I don't know what they're going to do to me because the next base I'm going to, and this is where the AP, the LORs and the, uh, the LORs and the Article 15s come in. When you get another place that you go to, you go to that place on the condition of your record. Mm. Certain bases, you have to have a squeaky, squeaky clean record. Right. The base I was going to, it was Bowling Air Force Base. The DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, is right over there. You got to be a motherfucker that really much didn't get in no trouble. So you got to be clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. Where, and where is this, by the way? What city is that in? In Washington, D.C. Okay, that's back in D.C. Yeah, right, Bowling right, Air Force right. Base. And I hadn't had no LORs and shit. And then... And this is where I heard that phrase. Last time I heard the phrase. And they said, um, I had to figure out. I was like, man, these motherfuckers know. They was like, yo, the dude got cracked ribs and shit. Y'all really fucked him up. You know, that's what they're saying. And um, they was like, just get your shit together. So all day, I'm trying to think of how am I say, what am I, how am I going to say I fucked this motherfucker up in a way where they just don't give me the book. Right. Just don't like like you get a take f- How you weasel that. your way out of this so you're not yeah, like, they, yeah, I fucking knocked his teeth in his throat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how do I say that? <laughs> yeah. Like I try to kill that nigga. Right. <laughs> so and I gave it some time, right, Drew? Yeah. I gave it some time, right? This is what I came up with, and I was proud of myself. Yeah. Fucking said, Aaron Rollins, your blatant disregard for established military policy shows a lack of military burn. What do you have to say for yourself, Airman? I said, sir. You got to do sir first. Don't forget yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said. <laughs> can't go right into it. Simon well, says. What he said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Simon yeah. says to teach you that, yeah, right? Yeah, sir, sir, so sir. I was like, sir, it was a verbal confrontation which ended in a light affray of punches. <laughs> wow, bro. That's perfect. That motherfucker looked at me like. Respect, sir. Respect. <laughs> right? I did 30 days and then I um, went to Bowling Air Force Base. Then when I got the Bowling Air Force Base, I got it. I finally got the Bowling Air Force Base. It didn't, they didn't want me there. Why? They was like, you got those motherfucking nasty notes. They no They're kid. like this. They They're wait no to, kid. Yeah, they got the notes. They got yeah. they like, uh. And I'll never forget this guy, Sergeant Washington. He was my first shirt. He's still alive. If he's watching this, his son probably is or his daughter's like, I really respect what your dad did for me. Cause he was always cool with me. Yeah. And he got me through that. I did the uh 
the rest of um, my enlistment, and then I got out. Like he, like he was one of those guys. Like I had this situation as a kid. Teachers either loved me or they fucking hated me so much. But they, but even even if they hated you, they they probably hated you because well, they, hated they couldn't you. control you. Right, they hated because you were more free than them. Yeah, right. But that was like Washington for you was like a dude who just he understood you. He understood. It. Yeah. Another guy was like that. Um, Mr. Daly, my shop teacher, loved you. Yeah, he was a straight redneck motherfucker. And this is back when shop in high school Sh- nigga, was shop, shop. Shop was shop. Where you made this. You motherfucker. You yeah, where you had to yo, nail and glue shit. This yo, is shop. Son, this is that's shop. shop like a motherfucker. <laughs> that's this is shop. shop. That's a rotor. I mean, yeah. I'm saying. I yeah, you had to rotor the edges. Yeah, yeah, I know about. Yo, this, this looks like shop. something Mr. Dale would make. That's shop like a motherfucker. But you don't, but they don't, but they don't, that got, that got eradicated so long ago. No one does that shit anymore. But this yeah. was real shop when you had to make real shit. Man, you made real shit. In fact, we had when I was growing up, they it was like they they pushed uh, vocational skills because those were the jobs they were out there. They should push them now. Still, they're not out there as much though. I, I mean, we're they still should. gonna need them, man. When, computer, still gonna when need- computers kill us all, we're still gonna need them. I'm not gonna have this argument with you because <laughs> okay. we're never gonna be without a computer. Yeah, I know, but we still need these things. Because someone's got to run the computer. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> now I understand you. Like, I'm sorry to tell you this, Drew. Vocational education is fucking dead. It's dead. The only way you're going to get that training. Now, I'm not saying it's not a need for that job. But yeah. the only way in the future, the only way you're going to get it, if it's handed down through the family or somebody teaches that. Yeah. They're not going to have programs yeah, mom and dad dedicated gonna, right. to motherfucking Autobody. Homec is not going to be around ever it's again. It's not going to be around. Yeah, it's never going to be It's not going to be around. But what's going to be around is motherfuckers going to be uh, building their own apps. Yeah. Designing their own shit. Like kids nowadays, like they say we're like, going to go to college? No, I'm just going to get a startup. It's working, by the way. It works. Yeah. The only, re- the only reason in the future, the only reason people are, kids are going to go to college is to fuck and for social skills. That's why I went to college. Yeah, that's how that's most the only people reason went. I went. Yeah, that's what, how many motherfuckers do you know that have a college degree that are in the field field of what they got a degree for? Only lawyers. Yeah, that's the only people I know. Everybody else I know, dead. They just did whatever the fuck they did, and they and got most out of them did. motherfuckers want to be us. No shit. I know two lawyers that were comedy writers for a long time. Yeah, because they they, they they're smart enough, they're quick enough, they're good at 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 forming these opinions and stories that the same things that comedians it's a similar parallel thinking but the difference is they uh they wanted more security there's certain people oh, just yeah, beg 100%. for more security no and uh, you know that is so true you know what i'm saying like security. some people um don't have and it, it doesn't make them less of what we do or anything some just people just don't have it in them to like to to just keep trying well it's like throw, look it's throwing caution to the wind doing stand-up for a living that's and that's what i want to know by the way i want to know when you when you got back to the east coast from where from um, uh, from korea korea uh-huh. did you start stand well, how old were you when you started stand-up? i was uh when i started stand-up i probably was like uh 22 22 23 maybe 23 in dc in dc yeah when did you go to new york i went and i went to new york after starting comedy um, I moved to New York seven months after I started the first open mic. Holy shit. You were like, fuck it, I'm out, I gotta go. I was too good. Yeah. Better, I mean, you were better than your peers. I won't say that, but um, I was breakaway. 
I was yeah. different. I won't say better because there was a lot of talented people that came through the same time. But I was on fire. Like, I did was you on, meet Dave in DC or did you meet him in New York? I met him in New York. But he's a DC guy too. He's right? a DC guy. Yeah. And he's she shared this story at my um at my birthday party. He did a toast to me, and Chris Spencer said, "When did you first meet Donnell?" And Dave said, "I'll tell you what. I met Donnell. <laughs> I met Donnell where we all meet at a fucking comedy club. Right. He said I was the guy." I had my shit popping. I moved to New York. And whenever I would come home, I always would ask, who's hot? And he said, I would always hear the same usual suspects. Blah, 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 blah. But there's one guy named Donnell Rollins. And Dave said, he said, Man, fuck that nigga. <laughs> In here, we pour whiskey. Whiskey Ginger fans, I know you like to enjoy alcohol just like the old Red Rocket does, but you hate the hangover, especially if you get a little bit older. Uh, hangovers tend to be this uh, this rumored thing that comes from dehydration. You should be drinking water, but that's not really it. It's a lack of vitamins and nutrients in your blood system. The way to replenish that is DHM detox. These two little pills you can take. Uh, before, during, after, whatever. It helps cure the hangover. I'm telling you, it's pretty incredible. No days wasted, baby. This stuff is its wild. It's used to help uh, boost your body's natural response to alcohol and break down all those toxins in your bloodstream. DHM, it's a plant extract. It's been used in Asia for centuries, and uh, it's known uh, to come from the tree of the gods. So how do you not trust that? Take two capsules after your first couple of drinks. It goes to work. Let me tell you something. You need another packet if you're drinking heavy, if you're going to finish the bottle, do it. Uh, this does this does work. It's kind of wild, dude. It's it's really weird. It does knock out your hangover uh, into either half the time or nothing at all, depending on your age range and how much sauce you're sipping, which you should be drinking responsibly. But uh, if you uh, want to beat the hangover, we got you. 20% off your first order. Head over to dhmdetox.com. Use the promo code WHISKEY, as usual, and uh, you can get that 20%. dhmdetox.com. You got any questions about it, go message at dhmdetox on Instagram. They'll answer them for you. You don't believe it? They'll check you down. Many people know that the Red Rocket is a big golfer. I love golf. I'm wearing my Arnie hat right now. I'm a huge fan of it. A lot of people uh, that don't know anything about it talk bad about it. You should try to get out and go play. If you do play, I love you very much. I've got a suggestion for you. You should sign up for Golf Critique. Golf Critique is incredible. They're the newest way to find courses in your area at your price range, at your price point that have been reviewed and ranked by people just like you who play golf, not some anonymous machine that puts up... uh, some stupid thing about too many, too much water. It's like who said who said that? This way, Golf Critique uh, lets you be an active user and participant on their site. You sign up for them, you get great golf packages, great course recommendations, and a bunch of user reviews, which is what I'd rather hear from the users than some outside third party that I have no connection to. Uh, you can also sign up right now, and if you do, you have a shot at winning twenty five thousand dollars. This is real. This isn't like a, well, who's going to win? Somebody will win because there's not millions of people involved in this yet. If you sign up, you can win 25 grand and golf with Holly Saunders and Brian Erlacher. Uh By August 8th, you got to write a review and sign up. It's that easy. Someone's going to win that money. I might do it because I, I, I could use it. I'll take it. Uh, but the eight finalists selected are going to go on an all-expense paid trip to Pinehurst, North Carolina, uh, to go play golf with Erlacher and Holly Saunders and grab 25 grand. Why wouldn't you do that? Write a review of a golf course. If you play golf, there's a no-brainer. Sign up. Go to golfcritique.com. Get your ass signed up with the promo code WHISKEY at checkout to receive 15% off of the annual premium membership at just $4. 
a month, you're getting access to tons of benefits. Um, and this is a chance to win 25 grand. This is the, probably the greatest gig in golf. Use that promo code whiskey to get 15% off. And the referral code is 25,000. That's the money you're going to win. Look for the referral code 25,000. If you want to sign up for the site, use the code whiskey to get 15% off of your membership. Use that code 25,000. Go, go grab money and go play golf with uh, Brian Erlacher. Sounds fun, right? The bears. I like centers. Right? Because you were just, always mentioned. Yeah, I was always mentioned. So but, for him, it was like... But I, not only... I was always being mentioned when he was popping. Right. He was 17 or maybe even younger. Robin Hood, Men and Tights. From where we came from, from little-ass DC, little-ass comedy circuit. Right. Not a major entertainment town. Anybody that fucking moved two hours away made it. Yeah, it's yo, it's like, yo, that nigga moved to Delaware. We knew you was going to do it, bro. <laughs> and he made it on a different level, not yeah. just because it wasn't a lot of black platforms then. Right. Def Jam, when Dave was popping, Def Jam wasn't even out yet, you know? Yeah. And for him to come, and not only that, but Dave came up on a, he, he didn't come heavy in the black circuit, but he was instantly into mainstream. Right. Why he do you, did, why, why? Why do you think it is? Because for one, he thinks different. Yeah, he don't he don't go for this. If you think about his style now, he don't talk about shit everybody else is talking about. And if he does, it's a flip to it. It's a it's a flip to it. But um, he came through the Garvins, through the uh, Improv, where all the top white comics and the big he, he had those stages. Yeah. So where he was learning from was from already from that place. Did you, did you, like, there's always been a big separation of, like, there are people in, in, in the in comics in the black market that are dominatory, that are massively large, but people in the white world don't, don't know them, right? That's how Cat Williams was. Yeah, but I mean, even still today, yeah. there's guys that are fucking <clears throat> huge right. that no white comedy fan, a lot of white comedy fans might know, but there's some that would, would be like, I've never heard of that guy. And right. they love comedy. You know what I mean? And see, that's what with me, and I'm pretty sure that's what Dave and a lot of black comics deal with that. And then you can get to a point where you can make a good living off of it. But at the same time, and not that you need validation by anybody, by any race. Right. You don't, it's never like, I want white people to think I'm funny. My thing for wanting to do mainstream, because I was like this, I want everybody to think I'm funny. Yeah, you want a big audience. You know what I'm saying? I want yeah. a bigger audience, yeah. you know? But, you know, a lot of people don't make that transition. They get comfortable with, a lot of black comedies, they get comfortable with making a certain amount of money. And I'm not knocking anything. Right. It's some of, it's only a handful that can make a strong living just all off black community. Just black shows. Just doing black shows. Yeah. But, like, did you consciously make sure you did not just black shows? Was that, like, a thing you were like, no, I'm I not going to only do black shows because you can. No, I, yeah, I did. I did because that's one of the reasons why... Um, I left DC. Like I feel like I got at the top of the level that that was there. All right. You know what I'm saying? I was like I was ripping all the cabarets, the bar shows. The, the, you know I was on everybody's flyer. I was a young gun coming up, and it just wasn't challenging anymore. You know what right. I'm saying? I was just like, there's got to be something else. I know it's always something else. Yeah. And I wanted to go, and it was a tough transition because the only thing I knew was the black comedy clubs. Then I was like, because um, I wasn't really hanging with Dave and those guys. Dave knew of me, like. I'm from D.C. He knew yeah. of me, but I wasn't like, we wasn't hanging out like that. And then I was like trying to get in the mainstream rooms and then I would get opportunities. I remember Boston Comedy Club 
We called them straight up white rooms. That was the first white room. Just a white room. Man, yeah. for where I'm for circuit, they used to look at me like, oh, that nigga doing the white rooms. <laughs> they used to look at you like, you changed. Yeah, would you and, get, would you yo, get you hate let, for it? Yeah. Yeah, you get hate. I, yo, I'm telling you, son. If like I know this is so wrong and shit, but motherfucker, they used to look at me like this. Oh. <laughs> Like, look who came back home. Right well, now. well, 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 well. <laughs> if it's in the house, nigga, right there. <laughs> How there, was it inside, Donnell? Yeah, yeah, out there making them white folks laugh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, they, it was, it was like, it, it was a, it felt good knowing that, uh, I could rock anybody. And then, yes. And then I don't got to change my shit up. And a lot of motherfuckers in the black circuit, they're intimidated by it. They're intimidated by like, But it oh. is intimidating if you if you only really write for one audience, right? Yeah, well, it's intimidating. This is the most intimidating thing for a person uh made the transition mm-hmm. from a black black audience to a white audience. The amount of laughter. What do you mean that by that? It's about the volume. Right. The, the intensity of it, it's half half of the, the energy in a white room in a white room right black white black it's totally different you mean there's you mean black rooms just have they emote so much more when they we beat the shit out of each other yeah yo but you, well white rooms it's just like ha 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 it's ha ha but you know what but you can have you could and what i do i take that energy of that room yeah and i make them feel at almost turning into the energy of a black room right some people don't take the time to figure out how to do it. I used to be bumping heads with myself. When I first was going to make the transition, I would go up and I would say, I would always say, black, everything, black, 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 right? I was black, oh, y'all black, I'm black, y'all white, black. And then Tony Woods told me one time, he said, um, Donnell, you don't have to tell them you're black. <laughs> he said, they know. He said, when they hear your name, <laughs> yeah. they, they know. He said, you don't have to go up to be black. He said, go up there and be funny. Be funny, yeah. And I used to watch him like, how the fuck this nigga making these white people laugh? But that's how any good comic, I think. And we it is funny to talk like this. Like, but I ain't people had no chops. Well, Bro, I ain't had no chops. I'm saying, I'm learning this. You earn, you, but you earned it. I'm you, learning, but you know what? I'm learning that real quick. Yeah. And then the minute I separate, like, oh shit, this white people looking at the black guy, it started working. Yeah, but also times have changed in the sense that, like, when we go to the store together, when we're at the store together, it's not just a white place. It's not like it's not. It, it is a. It's as it's as mixed of a place as you could get in a corporate club city setting. For Man, LA. the comedy store is back in such a way that you like it could go back to justifying the world famous comedy store. Yeah, because when I first moved here, it felt weird. I'm what like, year would you move to LA? I was here like nine years ago. Okay. And, and I know they had a manager change or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't really know the history of it. I'm not shit on anybody. Yeah. But I do remember a time I was like, because, you know, any comment from anywhere, I'm coming from New York, I'm like, it's a comedy store. I'm like, comedy store? Hello? <laughs> there was nobody there. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Dude, I moved here 14 years ago. Uh, it was dead. It was dead. Look, uh, Donnell, you want to go on upstairs? <laughs> Hello? Right. I remember that. I was like, and then I was like, and then I'm looking at the motherfuckers' names on the marquee. I'm like, that nigga up there, I'm like, I know I can get up there. Yeah, you know, I'm like this. I was like, it makes no sense. But now it's now it's fixed. I mean, hopefully fixed, when we get out of this shit, yeah, it popped again. It like it just, and when I say it's like when you there, it it feels like 
it really feels like the world famous comedy store. The energy of those rooms now, would you say at the comedy store, when you rip at the comedy store, that's like any other black room or any good room in general? For me now, I'm numb to it now, like because I have to set and I flow in a way that um I can make I feel like I can make almost any room electric. That's good though. That's where you want to be. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Then you make a transition because it used to be there used to be a more definitive line of like a lot of it's just a, it's a black room and a few white comics would do it and it's an all white room and a few black comics would do it and then now I feel like it's 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 so much more blended than it ever a was. A lot of motherfuckers, man. You went, man, motherfuckers. That's why I fuck with like Jason Collins and shit. Yeah, I respect him on a level of like, yo, I see this motherfucker and he's Jason Collins everywhere he goes. Yeah, it's the same. You know, what I mean, it's the same. I'm like, that's a different level. I like, I don't know. If I hate saying underrated or people get their due, but me as a comedian, I would like to say, like, I notice it and acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, I said, I know the trenches he go in, he don't have to, other than saying the same way when I left DC, I want to show that I can do it. Yeah. And it's like, I can rock with anything. And I don't know, I can rock as a motherfucking middle aged white dude with a gray fucking beard talking about my grown ass kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want none of the, I don't want another fuck none of y'all bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Son, yeah. I ain't even give a fuck about you bitches enough to dye my beard, bitch. <laughs> I'm just here off of jokes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I respect That's when you transcend that. though, right? When you yeah. when you get to a place when you could just make it doesn't matter the audience anymore, which is hard. You have to learn to get to that point as a fucking comedian, you know? Yeah. Do you get do you get uh I have to I, I want to ask this because I thought of you when I was on the road, last time I was on the road, I was uh I came through Vegas and um there was a shirt in a in a like a gift shop or some bullshit and it said i'm rich bitch and i was like oh God, man you you don't see a dime for it's like it's so funny that people can just print your words but the thing about it you'll never give me a dime i would have to get nine cents today because those was his sure words. but i'll take i'll take i'll take you know, one cent from that yeah one cent from every one of those it's just funny funny that like i think about that all the time it's like you made you popularized the thing so much so globally if i had the rizzo wu-tang sensibility yeah if i had the joe rogan sensibility yeah. to look at something and say as much as i like this how do I make money off of it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, you'd have I, made a billion dollars off that fucking show. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been my, it would have been like, you had to give 999 million. It was his show. Dave. It yeah. was his show. And even, in fact, that phrase was a part of a joke he had years ago that he gave to you to say on the show. He, he gave Neil and they put it in there. Yeah. It was part of a, a skit. It was a joint called Trick Whitey, if I'm not mistaken. If that was his first special. It sounds right. And part of the joke was, motherfucker was, Looking a certain way, and then it wasn't that person. You take a mask off, and it's somebody else. It's like I'm rich, bitch. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's where it came. But I nailed it, and it was such a. Anytime you put anything at the end of every show, it'll be ingrained in your brain forever. I mean, it's 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 synonymous with that show. One hundred percent. Did Dave ever not, give you shit for that? Then that it, that like he said like when they. Because it became such a popularized phrase that got associated with you and your face and your image with the show, did Dave ever goof with you like that's my shit? But you know, no, he didn't. But he knew it. I mean, right. he it wasn't he knew it was a shit, but he knew that I owned it. Right. In terms of it, the funny thing about that phrase, that was probably one of the most iconic phrases in the history of sketch comedy. It's not yeah. being cocky. It's the reality. No, no, it's a fucking fact. Yo, it's a 100% it's fact. It's a fact. It's right? every, anyone who hears that knows, anyone who's a comedy fan knows that phrase and knows exactly where it's from and what it's synonymous with. And the thing about it was, that was the phrase that almost didn't happen. Because when right. we were doing that sketch, the, me in the truck, right? 
Um, we were doing a sketch, and uh, first off, we didn't have money to block off a street. Like Disney or somebody come through, mm-hmm. like 125th Street, they just made it 3rd Avenue. They get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? You know them big money joints? Yeah, yeah. Like them big money, them blockbuster joints. Uh, they shut and, down fucking and, five city blocks. Five yeah. city blocks. And you think it's niggas hanging around. Those are all extras. Right. They all like, yo, you too far away to act like you're acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of them joints. In a window and shit. Yeah, you're not window. on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like this. And action. It's a motherfucker on the 55th floor like going hard. <laughs> acting off camera hard. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Making tea and shit. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, that's real. Then you're like, oh, these motherfuckers keep doing it. Yeah. And then when they go cut, they're like, hey, Tom, you know when I work in this project, it's like, yeah, you know that extras be talking like about all this shit they about to get. Yeah, I play. They're like, you know, I'm uh, probably going to be in Batman this year. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I played cop too. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> cop too. So it, we didn't have that situation. It right. was running gun. It was just like. You prop- guys blocked off every, you, you would do it yourself. The crew was small, right? It was they like. They didn't a- block. Yo, bro, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. This, the iconic scene with a rich bitch, first off, uh. I had to drive a truck, right? You never drove in a truck? No, I drove a truck. Nigga, I didn't have a license. <laughs> well, Because you were like, I'm not, you didn't have a license in New York? Yeah. Niggas don't be spending money. Yo, <laughs> yo, we ride a dot in New York. Everybody I knew in New York <laughs> yeah. didn't have a license. Yeah. You act, you tell the motherfucker, I ain't got a license. Like, All right, I'm still going. Like, we just didn't <laughs> fuck with licenses. Like, and we thought the motherfuckers that had licenses was pretty boys. They was usually white dudes. Yeah. We all, Jason Ondors in New York, he was our white boy with the license. It was shiny and shit. It was like, yo, ooh. Yeah, yeah, he had it like, yo, I just got it. I just got it redone. Everything. We didn't have license. So I'm like this, man, I hope these niggas don't ask me about a license because I don't want them to recast the shit. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll get someone that has one. Get that Anders in here. This is what, this is what they did. You know? Nobody said, let me see your license. They said, you got a license, right? I said, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I got a license. I was like. And I'm like this, oh, these niggas still, they, nobody asked to see it. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for my like, cut, cut, right? But also, no, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. No. No, but they wouldn't have given a fuck. Give a fuck. But first off, I had to get in this truck. I'm all nervous about not having my license. And then the light that I got, the light that I'm about to go to, uh, it's not like we stopped it or changed the bulbs. It's hot. Oh, so this is regular traffic is flowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the right like depending on how fast you drive. Yeah. It can be green or red. Right. Right. It's like, nigga, get in there, man. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, back to what? So I'm already stressed out, right? So, so I gotta drive this big ass goddamn truck. I ain't got no fucking license. And the little bitch is sitting on an apple box. Cause she's short, so they gotta get the eye line right. Mm-hmm. It's not like it looked like she walked up to she's standing there. So I got to drive the truck down the street and I got to hit a mark. Yeah, with a fucking big ass truck. With a big, I got to, you get it. Yeah. I got to hit a mark. Yo, here's your mark. Nigga, That's I can't see the mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this, but my mark is to be not to run this bitch over, right? Yeah. I was like, so I got to hit a mark. I got to, I got to hit a mark, turn the key off. I got to stop the engine because it's diesel. Right, it's loud as fuck. Yeah. So I got to stop, hit a mark. Turn this shit off. I gotta look down at this bitch, and I gotta look at the light if they're gonna be beeping. And I gotta deliver my, and then she, then I gotta deliver my line. And I was still, I wasn't no experienced actor. Now I was like this. That's when you get this. I'm like yeah, this. That, I'm like this. I was like, I was, I kept fucking up, bro. You I fucked kept, up the line every time. Well, we probably like six takes. 
I could not. In New York traffic, you just had to keep looping around? No, they had to keep bringing this shit back, right? (laughs) And they had to, yo, go back, go back, right? They get mad, son. So I'm like, fuck, man. And I'm like this. I'm like, man, you can't be letting motherfuckers take take your roles, nigga. Any words you say on this show is huge. You better get it right. And I couldn't get it right. I could not get it right. I was like, I was like this. I'm like this. I'm rich, bitch. And it just wasn't resonating, right? Right, it didn't hit. Finally, asshole Neil Brennan, Neil asshole. Yeah. See, I got different That's reasons why I name. call him assholes. Yeah. I know Neil Brennan's an asshole. Yeah. He's a cool guy, but he's 100% asshole. Yeah, I love him. He's an asshole. He needs three mics. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, bro. I don't know too many niggas can justify three mics. I look at Neil Brennan. Yeah, you're going to need one more mic. You're going to need more than one mic. So, Neil asshole face. A young Neil asshole face come to me, yo, B, right? He was like, yo, uh, we ain't going to be able to do this all day, B. I mean, you got to get it or we, 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 you might get cut out, right? Because mm-hmm. these was just little drop-in pieces. They could, like, that could have been in or out of it. Right, time, time dependent. Right. Yeah, time, that's stuff just, that gets sliced all the time. If you look at reparation sketch, it was just like a punchline, a punchline, a punchline. Right. They could, like, what's, we take that punchline out. Then I was so frustrated. The bitch pulled up. When I pulled it this time, I was so frustrated. I was like, they trying to... I said, I'm rich, bitch! <laughs> Out of frustration. Yeah. And it was like, boom, that was it. Just because you could... That, but that's what great shit comes out of stuff like that. I hit the side of that truck, and I didn't... I swear, I did not know what I was doing... I was doing out of frustration, like this nigga about to cut this off the scene. <laughs> I was like, I can't afford, because I was didn't work on the show a lot. I was like, I can't afford to get nothing cut. And it's just, as an actor, excuse me, it's just fucked up to know your shit got cut. Then as you get older in the business, you understand, like, don't, it's not personal. Your shit could get cut for different reasons. Yeah, it's not. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. I know people like I know people that just did. Uh, they did, brought Curb back. I did an episode of Curb, and I the whole time I'm like, man, what if they cut that shit out? And they did it, which was great. But I had a couple of friends that did it, and their and their whole shit got cut. And they yeah. to be on Curb with Larry David was like, oh shit, you know, right? And, and it got yeah. cut. And it got but, but like my saving grace, I think part of it was the storyline. If the storyline is important for the episode, you and then when it. JB showed up, he was fucking around with me. JB was like, "Let me let me come in let me come in with let me come in with Santino and we'll fuck around." And I knew that then when Larry had him in, he wasn't going to slice JB out. So did they really? Because I know they promoted that, and that's the backstory. Do they really? Because that's the kind of energy we had on Chappelle's show. Did they really let motherfuckers just play with it? Like, was Larry really like one hundred percent? Was he like get there? Yeah. When, when damn, we, that's when, fire. Yeah, when we when we did that when I auditioned with him. Uh, that's so you know what they give you like five five notes about the character you know they would be like okay Donnell you have to do you have to be a truck driver uh you, you know your wife is dead and you hate your all three of your kids uh you're from New Jersey go and then you'd have to make up a whole fucking scenario bro let me tell you something man that is so s- simple and genius yeah that is and it's such a hard thing to expect for somebody that's Larry Davis writing ability Right. You don't get motherfucker. Usually the writers, a lot of times they don't respect the writing mindset of a good actor. Right. They want to write the word. They were the words. And I yeah. know that had to come from like years and years of working with this crew. Years and years working with the crew. And we put certain things on it for a blueprint. But right. when we if they get into it and we let them fuck around, they're gonna create the best shit. I mean, that's why he hires good people. I think that 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 was that's the trick. A, that's, that's the trick. You yeah, hire you the best people, yep. and then you know who to trust. You know, I was lucky. He liked my shit that I brought to it, and then when we did it on the day, 
He here's what he does. That's a great trick. I will say this: to say that they beat out the episode, to say that they don't really write it, it does it an injustice. Because truthfully, dude, he's so good at giving you. Um, yeah, he writes it, he but he writes guides it, you to yeah, it. Yeah, he guides you right into That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, he, he almost. He, it's almost like if you, Jedi if, shit. If you, I guarantee you, probably the only, probably the only criticism he probably ever give an actor is when you go outside the storyline. If you try to recreate your own story, it brings you back. He'll bring you back. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a little far fetched. But he's so smart. He did it multiple times. Like we, the way he was able to do it was just so like simple shit. Where he would say, um, uh, "Part of the bit we were going to run was I was making these toilets and I was doing these Japanese toilets thing, and and I had said, uh, I said, oh, it can detect a penis, and he goes, oh, like it had a door on it. Now and, and I and I made up this audible. I go, right. it'll go beep beep beep, penis detected, and then JP goes. It's gonna is, is it gonna detect based on size of penis, and I knew that Larry, after he said that, wanted not, wanted him to go a, a back to what we were what trying we're to do. About, yeah, yeah, and he did it so quick and clever. It's not. It's almost like it didn't happen. Yeah, it's like he's just fat. He's just his. He knows where he already is, and he'll figure out a, a way to fix the problem. It's like the greatest problem fixer. You know who was like that, and I probably think it was on. And I've had this is part of my story, is um what I felt that was Sam Raimi. Yeah, Spider Man Two. So yeah. years ago, it's a big. That's probably the biggest movie I've been in. It's a big fucking Yo, movie. It's a big deal, right? And uh, when I got that, uh, I came there. I'm like, oh shit, because I I found out I was going to do that the morning of, because Stan Lee was supposed to do a reaction. Wait, the shot. day that you shot it, they called you that morning. Holy shit, that never fucking happens. Well, it happened when Stan Lee was supposed to do it. that shot was reaction shot. Like in movies like that, they have auditions specifically for reaction. Totally. J uh, Joey Diaz did it. It's like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah. audition, what are you doing? They do like this. Oh, uh, Spider-Man comes down riding on a horse. Spider-Man's in the elevator. Right. They want to know how you react to it. Just give, so give, on give tape, a look. they have you reacting to certain shit. So Stan Lee was supposed to be this reaction scene. He got ill or something happened. He couldn't do it. They called casting that morning. And it was like, my, my manager called me told me, Daniel, uh, Spider-Man called. <laughs> I like this. Daniel, I have Spider-Man on the phone. Yeah, Spider-Man called. He went to work there. I was like, get the fuck out of here. And this is after I had just got passed on a something for BET the day before. Like you got you got a no from them. I got a no from this thing. I was on BET. Friday, uh, I was supposed to shoot Saturday. I got a pass on them Friday night after I had already the awards over everything. You know how that makes a motherfucker. I knew the director wanted me. Producers didn't. I knew they was fighting all the way, but I was like, I got awards. The fight has to be over. I right. won. Right. Right. I'm in close. I'm in the clothes. I'm in the clothes. They got, yeah. Yo, they, what about wardrobe? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and BET, Black Entertainment Television. Right. Yeah. Them niggas pissed me off so many times. Son. <laughs> That's real shit. So I'm like. I'm so fucked up. I'm like, I am about to sell out. Yeah. Yo, I'm going country music. <laughs> You'll be on CMT. Yeah, I need more white clubs. Right. I don't fuck with them niggas. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Donnell Rollins. Hey, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck BET. I'm going on tour with Hootie the Blowfish, right? <laughs> I was shitting on BET. And the next morning, I get a call that um, Spider-Man won it. Last minute joint, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, they was like, when? I had to go... And like, I'm going to tell you, bro, this was so last minute. The outfit I wore to set 
was my clothes. You wore all your own shit? Carhartt outfit, straight Brooklyn. <laughs> Carhartt outfit, straight Brooklyn. That, by the way, another thing that people don't know, that doesn't happen. That don't happen. No matter what, they're like, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, have, our we'll have our clothes for yeah, you. Don't, we don't want your clothes. Man. Yeah. I got the Carhartt outfit. If I went to work and went home with the same clothes, son. <laughs> <laughs> but this was funny, son. Because so Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, funny as shit, he said, hey, Donnell, the best, my favorite actor in New York City, everybody was like, yeah, he said, and the only actor I know in New York City. Like, like that ain't his whole, he, he a L.A. motherfucker. Right, he's yeah. like, you lucky motherfucker. <laughs> I had to call somebody to get you, nigga. <laughs> so Sam Raimi walks, and behind Sam Raimi, it's a assistant, and then Sam Raimi's assistant has a sister. Like, it's like, you know, that's- Layers. Yeah. Like, it's like, <clears throat> I ain't never seen so many motherfuckers with clipboards and in my life and this one motherfucker's controlling four blocks in Manhattan right yeah and he and like 200 million dollars 200 million dollars yeah and he pulls out a fucking uh, a stick stick had a a green X on a stick right right I'm thinking like man man Spider-Man what he said Donnell this This is Spider-Man yeah (laughs) You know, he's like, this is your eyeline, nigga. He, yeah. said, he, yeah. said, he said, this is Spider-Man. I'm like, that don't, that looks like an X to me, bro. He's like, no, this is not right this now, is this is Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He's like, this, this is Spider-Man. I'm like, okay. And he's like, Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker's, uh, he works in a pizza shop. He's late for work every day. His boss is going to fire him if he's late again. He's going down the street on his bike. Spider-Man gets off the bike and he goes in the building. <laughs> he's like bouncing around this yeah, bouncing stick. around like this, right? He's like, he's going down the building like this is like wee hoo. I don't know that, right? <laughs> he knows wee hoo. He's right. like this. So he's like this. He goes around the building. He comes out, <clears throat> and this is why <clears throat> thirty motherfuckers are looking at me, right? And he said, "What are you gonna say?" I said, "Whoa." I started doing the bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> I, started, I was like, he stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> that was that it? That was it. Yeah. He said, I love it. Right? And I was like, great. I'm, yo, I'm like, you got to understand. This is what people understand. Like, doing a movie like that. Yeah. I don't know if you ever went past a set, like a Will Smith set or anything like that. One of them when they take the streets and shit. Bro. It's so dope because you see, like, I'm the actor. Mm-hmm. Right? So... The minute they say action, everybody works for me. Yeah. Like, like, and people can say, oh, that little role, whatever. In that moment, everybody on that motherfucking set in Video Village, everybody was, it was on me. I was the star for five seconds, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't that wild? That that many people are like, you're the one thing for the moment. Man? And then it's like these millions of little moments. In the moment, but then you look at like the, like, like the, the, the star of the movie. And like, I felt like in that moment, I was the star of the movie. Yeah. And it felt like, I was like, man, this shit's cool shit. And the dopest thing about it was, and I always tell people, like, we can get upset about certain shit, but if you keep a positive, because I was really mad at BET. And I was- Are bad. you still mad at BET? No, not anymore. I got other reasons to be mad at BET. No, <laughs> you want to talk about it? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. No, I, just, I love BET. Yeah. BET is a great platform. BET has been there for black people for years. Did they know? give you your first spot? 
on TV as a comic? No, the first comics spot I ever did was Def Comedy Jam. Okay. And that BT was a little later after that. Yeah. And I have I have had a great relationship with BT and they're fans of mine. Right. But you know, after a while I'm like, just God damn, when can we make some money together? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like that's how a lot of people feel in a lot of industries where you're like, How come this big dog has all of this money? Right? And how come I'm getting none of it? But not but not only that, but I'm just like this. I really like pride myself in my work ethics. I pride myself on my content. Yeah. Of all the things that I've done on television, nobody's really ever seen me be whack or bomb. Yeah, it's a hard place to be because TV's easy to be whack on. That's what I'm saying. Ask like, any comic. They've all we almost all of us have done bad TV. I've been lucky enough, because I'm not trained, yeah. that you know, the things that I've got, I've I've always tried to make an impact. But also because I think you you've worked on stuff on TV where they're not they want you to be you. They want you to do what you do well. You know, like, it's it's always difficult when they ask you to do something that's so outside of yourself, even if you're a good actor, that you're like, I don't even know if I want to do it like that. You know what I wanna, mean? If they want to get too Hollywood, too direct. Yeah, it's almost like, I, I don't even know if that's what I would be good at. You know, like I did, uh, you know Tone Bell? You know him? Do you know yeah. Tone Bell? Yeah, Tone had a sitcom, and I went and did a little, little guest thing on it, and, I, and it just was, I was like, this is not working, man. Like... They knew it. I knew it. I just don't do multicam well. It's not a thing I'm good at. But this is the thing, though, Drew. <clears throat> and the reason why you didn't have to take it that serious or it was like whatever, mm. because you're successful in other areas. Yeah. No, it, it was nice that I that it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. look. Shop. Yeah, I was lucky. Shop, shop. Shop class. Yeah, shop. Come on, Shop man. class. <laughs> Yo, podcast motherfuckers, they built different. <laughs> podcast niggas don't be giving a fuck about an audition, none of that shit. So it's, like, a, it's, it, a world, it's a different world, man. It's a different world, but it's world. like it's it's a very empowering place to be, and it's yeah. a good place to be. You're taking back a part of your career too, because you've got you've got a very successful podcast, <laughs> and you're hot off the start. You're four, you're four months in, five months in. For, uh, when did I ruin Riz's podcast? When did I ruin the Joe Rogan's podcast? <laughs> I, last time I checked, it was in November. So I ruined the podcast. God damn. I what do you mean I'm, you ruined the podcast? Okay. There's a classic podcast. I don't want to talk about it on every platform. But I was, but Joe Rogan had a, did a podcast. I was yeah. on his podcast. And then um, later that afternoon, the Rizza from Wu-Tang was going to be on the podcast. Yeah. And I was already did three hours. I'm not being greedy. I yeah. want to leave. Joe Rogan says, hey, Donnell, you want to stay? Riz is coming in. And I hadn't seen my son in a while. And I had the red eye. I was like, as much as I love fucking um, Wu-Tang, I love my son better. Fuck Wu-Tang. I'm going home to see my son. Yeah. Right? So I had made my mind up. Then I'm leaving. Then Joe's like, you sure? And I was like, I feel like I was letting him down, right? Joe, do, like, Joe does that, by the way. Yeah, I know. Like, all right. You're like, oh, shit. I know, son, shit. Yo, so I'm not the only person who's done that to No, too. man. Yo, but... He looked at me like, like you know, there could be a deal involved. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you know, like, You're leaving like, a lot of money on the table. Yeah, yeah. Now. Like, I mean, okay. All right. You right. know this is a hard position to get. I'm asking you to stay for the RZA. And I'm looking at his eyes. And then I'm like, I'm just picturing like, fuck, man. We all know Joe Rogan is huge. And we know what that platform is. There's no sense. Of, we ain't got to play around with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Uh, you should, you stayed? No. I, not because, I'll tell you what happened. So I was like, I did. I thought about all that. I was like, oh, he might have never invite me down. Let me go. I said, but God damn it. Um, I just got home, and I'm leaving to see. I'm leaving on the red eye, and I got a short window of time to be with my son. Yeah. That's all he said. I didn't make decisions on the podcast. I said, fuck it. I'm going to see my son. Because so many times I've said, like, oh, daddy had to work or whatever. And I'm like, just, you know. Kids don't understand that, by the way. 
My yeah, son, I had to work. They're like, oh, fucking should have been here. But um, so I um, I'm leaving right. Like, damn, Joe, I'm out of here. And I and I, no, I knew Joe was gonna ask me another time. I tried to leave when he wasn't paying attention to me. I was like. <laughs> Sneak it out. He's like, come play pool. You're like, yeah, yeah. That pool table is like mafioso yeah, shit, right? You in, yeah. Yo, it's like, so that, he's like, sit down for a second. Yeah, I have bro. something to eat. It's it like gotta an Italian go. person's about to kill you. Yeah, he did that to me, son. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, I'm out of here. Joe Rogan. The Rizzo pulls up. Oh, shit. Rizzo comes up. First thing he says, what's up, Ashley Larry, you funny motherfucker? In that moment, I say, man, fuck my son, man. He'll be all right. <laughs> He'll live. He'll live. He'll be fine. And I went back in and I was talking about, I had just talked about starting my podcast. Right. I'm on cloud nine. Right. Joe said he's going to produce the first episode. Motherfucking um, Jamie's going to be down with it. All right, do it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Birth of a podcast. Then Rizza come in and Rizza's talking to me about trying to do comedy. And he tried to pitch me this Wu-Tang version of comedy. He was like, yo, I got to Like he wants to do stand up? I didn't understand it completely. I yeah. This is why I I tuned him out. This is why I tuned Rizza out. You write a book called The Time I Tuned Out Rizza? <laughs> My mind, I tuned him out because he said, yo, bang, bang. He was like, yo, bang, bang. He was like, yo, 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 so, so. So I think I'm going to do that comedy shit, right? But you could tell it's like, he. Th- you don't know if he's thinking a movie, right. a fight or what. Because it's all of this woo going on, right? Right. He said, I'm going to do this comedy shit. What I'm going to do is, though, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take whack jokes. He said, I'm going to take whack jokes and I'm going to flip them. And this is where I got disconnected. I was like, you can't flip a whack joke. It's whack. It's whack. <laughs> right? I'm like, this, this is the worst fucking woo comedy I ever right. thought of. <laughs> like the fact, like, we don't even mention the word whack in our business as we're right. talking about somebody else. Right, no. But not as a creative inspiration. Right, no, no. no. So I'm like, this nigga crazy, nigga, stick to Wu-Tang. <laughs> you better start talking to Shaolin shit, right? <laughs> so then he didn't even know I rejected idea. So he looked at me kind of crazy, like, oh, nigga, you know I'm Rizzo, right? I'm like, yeah, but that shit wasn't funny. Right. This is what I'm doing. So he looked at me, and then we talk, and then, then, we, we was talking about it, right? Then he was looking at me. Because everybody, when they see me, they think I'm going to be on roasting. Right. So I could tell he was a little like he was going to fuck with me. And he was fucking with me. And then I said, um, I said, Rizza. I said, because I was still pumped up. I said, yo, man, man, yo, man, I'm about to do this podcast. This is my first time doing this shit, bro. I just said, I'm going to throw it out there. I said, man, fuck with me, son. I'm like, fuck with you. I'm, that's, I'm like, fuck with me, son. I'm like, yo, give me a beat or something, nigga. That's what I said, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what you say to black people. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> give me a beat. Give me a beat, nigga, right? <laughs> I was like, I think I said, give me a beat, or can a nigga get a beat? But I knew beat and nigga was in there some way, right? Right, right. I said, give me a beat, nigga. This is what he said. He said, bong, I got you. But then he looked at me in my face. He said, it ain't going to be no hip-hop shit. And I said, you trying to call me a nigga? I said, I listen to more than just hip hop. He said, it's going to be more like classical. And I knew where he was going. Yeah. He was like, I'm not giving you shit you can rap off of. Right. I'm giving you something you can create off of. Yeah. Right. And bruh, and everybody talked shit to me. Everybody said, Daniel ruined Rizzo's podcast. First off, I didn't try to ruin the Rizzo podcast. I just ruined it. It just happened. It just happened. Some shit that took place. <laughs> it just like, nigga, this was not premeditated. It wasn't like, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to fuck his shit up. Yeah, I'm going to fuck him up. Yeah. He's going to say bong, and I'm not going to say bong. <laughs> he 
He's gonna say Wu Tang, and I ain't gonna say nothing to fuck with, right? Yeah. It was that. It was just pure excitement to come off of a high. Where, yo, in the world of podcasts, bro, Joe Rogan says he's gonna produce your first podcast. You've on. Yeah. You yeah. you when you come out. Yeah. You immediately chart. Yeah, he's Carson for us. He's Carson. He's like Carson. you charting. Yeah, yeah. He's our. And Carson. I got them cards. I had the, that charting. I didn't know what spiking meant, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Man, my first couple of weeks, I was like number three. <laughs> Nobody can fuck with Yo, me. I was like, fuck all them niggas. Number, but that, but number ten. That's what happens when you spike. That you get all big headed. You're like, Yo. they're gonna stay on top forever. Yeah, they're never gonna take me down. Yo, week five, they was like, it, I was like. Where does the chart start? Yeah. Where, yeah. Th- is it 200 or 250? 200. Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I was like this. Remained in the top 10. Like two, and then I'm saying to myself, I still kept seeing it go down. Yeah. I haven't checked it in a while, but I was like, that's not a bad place to be. Not just these 200 people, but those are 200 people. But what about the thousands of people on the outside? Ten, tens, probably tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. So, say, say the name of your show. So plug the show. The so Donnell Rawlings show. show. Yeah, the, the Donnell Rawlings Rawling show is available everywhere. Listen to this motherfucker. He's hilarious. I love him. I think you, dude. I, I'm honestly, I'm happy that you came. I appreciate you coming. Do this. We, I end the episode this way. I just wanted to say this. Yeah. I didn't ruin that podcast. You didn't ruin the podcast. I think you made that up. And I think you said you made it up because you agreed with a few negative things. No, I don't agree with all the negative things. Don't. And here's the funny thing about it, and I've said this on other platforms, and this is where I went wrong. Joe Rogan said, Donnell. Whatever you do, don't read the comments. Yeah, don't. And what I did was 3,472 comments. 3,000? You read 3,000 fucking comments? Not, you probably, no, nah, maybe like 299,000. <laughs> 29,000? It was. But I say that to say that I'm entering this podcast world. Yeah. We're doing good with it. Yeah. I'm having fun with it. Um, It's a very, very, Different show, and it's just one hundred percent down in Rollins. Yeah, and Rizzo will not won't show up in this. This is what I meant to tell you also. Yeah. Oh, this is part the end of that. When I say he, I could tell he was gonna give me a beat, not to rap off, but to create off of. Bro, this fucking beat he gave me for my intro, it is so fucking Wu Tang. Yeah. It's like, and I know, like you know, you know, white guys like yeah, it's just like. You know, a little production. We don't need money. It's just all about talking. You know what I mean? But I'm still black. Nigga. We dancing <laughs> you. White people like this. It's like this. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we're here. <laughs> black people, you getting bombs and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dancers, twerking and everything. <laughs> but it's a rhythm. It it, it, it it translates to the show. It's a dope show. And I'm excited about it. Well, watch the show. Listen to the show. Listen and watch. It's available all over the place. Uh... You're the shit. And we end the episode the same way. Look in the camera when I walk off and you have to say one word or one phrase that ends the episode. Whenever, Whatever you want, you have to end the episode. Go ahead. Um, disruptive strategy. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers.